The Trumpet Daily program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily program begins right now. And to deliver much-needed humanitarian assistance as well as food, water, medicine, shelter, and other aid to Ukrainians displaced by Russia's war, and provide aid for those seeking refuge in other countries from Ukraine. <clears throat> it's also going to help schools and hospitals open. It's going to allow pensions and social support to be paid to the Ukrainian people so they have something, something in their pocket. Freedom is priceless. It's worth fighting for for as long as it takes, and that's how long we're going to be with you, Mr. President, for as long as it takes. We'll do it. Thank you. All across my country, in big cities and small towns, Ukrainian flags fly from American homes. In the coming months, we expect to provide around $10 billion in additional economic support for Ukraine. President Trump's coming here today. What does it mean to the community? What does it mean to the state? I think it's great. At least somebody actually showed up. Uh, apparently, everybody else is finally getting off the pot since President Trump said he's coming. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's all heart. What do you make it about Biden not showing up? You showing up before he did. If you were in office right now, what would you have done to help the people of East Palestine? FEMA would have been here a long time ago. What do you think they waited, Donald Duck, Mr. Trump? Do you think it had to do with they the fact that they waited for me? When I came, for you. everybody came. Thank Trump. you, sir. When I came, everybody you decided to come. Right? You. you know that. Hey, Donald Trump, the real president. What's your message to Joe Biden before you leave? Thank you. Get over here. Yeah, right. Um, enjoy your meal, and we're going to get the meals for the fire department. Hello, everybody. What's your specialty today? How are you today? Nice to meet you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful-looking group of people. But we're going to find time uh, to come back if necessary. If they don't come back and give you the treatment that you need, we will be back. What do you have to say to the folks in Ohio, East Palestine, who are suffering right now? That's because uh, right now I'm taking some personal time and I'm walking down the street. Are you going down there? <clears throat> What's up? Are you going down there at all? Um, yep, I am. When are you going? Uh, I'll share that uh, when I'm ready. Okay, I'm not thank you. Right now, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, is on the scene right there. You see pictures of him. Uh, this is him at the scene of that wreck. The government's response has been facing growing criticism. Mayor Pete, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city? I'm this press person. I can help you. Sure, I'm, I'm sure, sure, sure. So can, can, can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this. 
on camera. Well, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance. This is a very important question that people you, across America I'm would like to I'm know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Well, if you're the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that Absolutely. you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit of... Is there, a, is there some sense at the White House that even if they were watching it, they should have been talking about it more? Look, I, I think it's clear that time is definitely of the essence. As Miguel and others on the ground have reported, uh, there is real lack of trust at the federal government's response. Uh, did they respond fast enough? Uh, there's a clear desire within that community to see big names come and actually see with their own eyes. And I think you're absolutely right that as soon as the president uh, touches back down on U.S. soil, there are going to be real questions about what he personally is willing to do and show he is doing to really address this problem. The contrast really says it all. I mean, you've got Joe Obama and his people. They're overseas. They're in Europe. They're spending tens of billions of dollars of your money, U.S. taxpayers' money, handing it out to Ukraine, giving it to the, the Ukrainians that need their pensions, of all things, rebuilding the country of Ukraine, in fact. Tens of billions of dollars. And then, then you look at East Palestine, and Donald Trump, he flies in on his private jet. He's distributing water. He's buying lunch for the fire department, for the police department. He's spending his own money to, they can laugh and ridicule him all that they want on the late night talk shows. They can blot it out on the Fox daytime programming and just pretend that the trip never happened. But what a contrast between these two. The spirit of Antiochus on the one hand and the spirit of Jeroboam. On the other, you're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show at our website. Uh, just type in the URL trumpetdaily.com. You know about uh, our mother website, thetrumpet.com, but just go to the Trumpet Daily or Trumpet Daily. No, no the in, in the uh, URL, trumpetdaily.com. It takes you to all of these uh, podcasts that are posted after the fact. And, of course, you get the banner for the live stream show every, every weekday morning at 11 a.m. Uh, in the uh, central time zone of the United States. So, as I say, what, what a contrast between these two. You have basically a community embracing Donald Trump as the real president, essentially, <laughs> the real president. And, and as far as, like, leading the pack, as far as the Republican nominee is concerned, where are the other Republicans? Where are the others? Where, I mean, if he's taking money out from his own pocket, I mean, what about Obama and his people? These people are filthy rich too. But, but here comes Donald Trump, and you see how the city reacts. You see how the people at McDonald's react. Just ordinary Americans. They love it. They love it. He solidified his standing as the most popular politician in the United States. And he's not even a politician. That's part of the appeal. But really, in, in, in many ways, it's similar to 2016. He came, he came down the escalator. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for my own campaign. And then he, he won the presidency, and he said, I, I'm not going to even take the presidential salary. It's cost him a lot of money to serve the American people. That's what he's done. He's made some sacrifices. 
And there's not too many others that can, uh, can make that claim with a straight face as they line their pockets. Don Jr., he had a video that went viral yesterday. He was on, I guess they're calling it Trump Force One, this beautiful private plane that uh, Donald Trump flew from Florida to eastern Ohio. And, and listen to what Don Jr. said right at the end of his, uh, his message. This is clip 10. While Joe Biden's giving away your taxpayer dollars and billions uh, to Ukraine, uh, Donald Trump's going to step up and fill that void, be out there fighting and supporting the American people. Don't forget that. Welcome to Trump Force One, folks. By the way, you think this was easy to walk away from the good deal with the swamp in D.C.? Another thing we got to remember. Trump had it pretty good, but he did this for you guys. He had it pretty good. He uh, had it pretty good in private life, and he said so many times before. Here he's got all of these these estates around the world, these beautiful hotels that his uh, his uh, empire has uh, established and built, private planes and so on. But he walked away from a lot of that for the people. He, as I say, he made some and what a contrast. How easy it is to travel abroad and to say, hey, we're going to give you bill. We're so generous. We're going to give you billions and billions and billions. And of course, where do those billions come from? They're not coming from a Hunter's bank account. They're coming from the taxpayer account. And of course, we don't even have that much tax revenue to provide for tens of billions of dollars to rebuild Ukraine. It's like I said yesterday, suicide, national suicide. You've got ones that just want to bring, this is, and again, the spirit of Antiochus, fundamentally transform the United States, bring down the system, and then create your version or vision of utopia in its place. That's what they think that they can do. That's what they think they're going to do. This uh, John O'Rourke, he's with, or no, John Rourke, I guess his name, he's with Blue Line Moving. He's helping with some of the the uh, the services there in East Palestine, and President Trump praised him uh, yesterday in one of the discussions with the townspeople. Listen to what he said last night on uh, Tucker's show, clip two. The fact that President Biden has refused to come to this small town when he's supposed to be Scranton Joe, a small town hero of the working man, and he can't even show his face in a town of American citizens that need his leadership, that need the government's help terribly, and he proved um, what everybody, I think, already knew in this country is that he's not the leader for this country and that Donald J. Trump is the leader that we all know he is. And he is the leader of this country. And he proved that today. Donald J. Trump is the leader of this country. Here he's not even in the White House at the moment. But as we've been saying from day one that they stole the election, he's the real president. The other one's an imposter. He got in there because they stole it in 2020. So here Donald Trump shows up, and, and again, just to give you an idea of how complicit the media is in this communist infiltration and takeover, they, they want to, besides Newsmax and uh, OAN, they, they blot it out. They, they pretend as if the trip didn't happen. Nobody else from Joe Obama goes in, but Donald Trump shows up, the whole town erupts in applause and cheering, and then Fox, all the daytime cable stations, they don't, they don't cover it. They don't show it. And, and then, like Sam was pointing out when we just came to air here, 
they because they're not showing that, what are they showing? Oh, Ukraine, Biden is Churchill. This it's like they're living in an alternate reality, these people. It's all Ukraine all the time. And Joe Biden says that that all across America you see Ukrainian flags flying? Really? What part of America is he seeing that in? Ukrainian flags? Really? I, I, the only thing I can remember over the past year is the Ukrainian lapel. All the people in Congress, Mitch McConnell, the Uniparty, they, they had their flag. There was one point, I think, didn't they have the, the Ukraine flag there when Zelensky came and paid a visit? Outside of that, I've never seen one. Outside of the halls of Congress, outside of that flag at Zelensky's visit, you don't see them anywhere. These people are creating their own fantasy. And, and the media, well, if Fox News, and at least good for the evening hosts, the commentators, that did in fact talk about the trip. But if Fox News is not going to talk about it, if they're going to pretend it didn't happen, then what are they going to talk about? Well, Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, and of course Ukraine. Uh, oh, and Mike Pence. we got to really try to promote his run for presidency as well. Anyone but Trump. Anyone but Trump. OAN and Newsmax, they're, they're getting shut out of DirecTV. Here again, the spirit of just blotting out the truth. It's not like it's come to an end because of Elon Musk. It continues. It continues. And the derangement that set in when Donald Trump showed up, paying for his own campaign, paying for his own way, giving. I mean, actually giving. You, you think of the Obama family. Where's, where's the Obama family? And, and their, their foundations, the Clinton Foundation, or all the, the tens of billions that... Uh, that the, the Biden crime family raked in from China and elsewhere. Certainly they're worth hundreds of millions. The Obamas are. Are they, are they making any sacrifices for Americans who are suffering? Of course not. Of course not. It's all Ukraine all the time. What a contrast. This is from the Washington Examiner. President Joe Biden has not yet announced his intention to run for re-election but there's no doubt his surprise stops in Kiev and Warsaw this week were meant to kickstart his campaign. Video footage from his uh, Monday visit with President Zelensky shows the two leaders coolly strolling through the streets of the Ukrainian capital. The sound of distant gunfire can be heard in the background as well as the blaring of an air raid. An air raid? <laughs> There's air raid sirens going off, and we told, we've told you all through this week how that, that was completely staged. It was all theater. Theater. And, and yet, listen to, this, listen to this media montage and, and how they took that narrative, that scene, made for the cameras, and they ran with it. Boy, did they ever. This is clip five. Joe Biden has put solidarity ahead of his own personal safety. Air raid sirens and no real guarantee of security. As air raid sirens blared. This was incredibly dramatic, Andrea. It was historic as well. Historic, timely, and brave. The first American president to go to a war zone 
with no U.S. military presence for security on the ground. Uh, American presidents have made dramatic trips before, Nixon to China, Kennedy, Reagan to the Berlin Wall, and presidents have visited U.S. troops in war zones, but never like this. To find a, a day of this kind of presidential bravery in a war zone, you've got to go all the way back to 1864. With Biden's trip uh, to Europe, you know, he is he is welcomed as not only, the, the frankly, the savior of Ukraine, but also the savior of Europe as a whole. It's historic. It's the first time that a U.S. president has gone into an active war zone that the U.S. military does not have control over. And against all odds, um, it was successful. The continuing threat quite literally sounding all around the two leaders. The skies here are not safe. And in fact, an air raid siren went off while President Biden was here. Seeing the American president there walking the streets of Kiev while air raid sirens literally sounded in that moment about possible incoming fire from Russia. The wail of an air raid siren. Air raid sirens wailing in the background. Seemingly undeterred by an air raid siren. Undeterred by the sound of air sirens. President Biden's ability with his aviators on to walk through in broad daylight in Kyiv. The swagger of this trip, not just the, 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 the execution of the secrecy, but the swagger of it on display on the streets of Kyiv. What a bunch of frauds. The swagger. Joe Obama had to call Vladimir Putin for permission to visit Kiev. That's the that's the truth. And then the sirens, air raid sirens literally sounding as he walked across the courtyard. One of their own let the the silent part out saying that I've been here 5 days and uh, no no bombs exploding, no sirens, nothing and not until Joe Biden showed up did the sirens sound off. It's all a spectacle. It's all for theater. It's all for show, just like the January 6th hearings. Remember how they hired the Hollywood producer to come in just so that they could carefully frame every, every jot and tittle of the narrative? It's got to be carefully and concisely constructed to fit right within the parameters that we have established and set. And you see why they go nuts when the footage, the extra footage, the footage they didn't want you to see, lands in the hands of Tucker Carlson, well, because he, he's a right-wing extremist. This Examiner article, it says, what's bothersome about Biden's trip to Eastern Europe is that his unwavering and unflagging commitment to democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity stops at America's own front door. He has no problem defending Ukraine or NATO or the idea of a Western alliance, but please don't expect the president of the U.S. to make the same commitment here, here at home. Don't expect him to, to commit to defending America's borders. No. Don't expect him to show up anytime soon at Palestine. Don't expect him to even say anything about it. The war in Ukraine's been going on for a year. A year. That chemical spill happened just three weeks ago. And FEMA, all of them, no funding, nothing, not even a, a private donation from their own foundations. They make fun of Trump. <laughs> they make fun of Trump as he goes in to help the people, but the people don't make fun of him. The people, as you saw in that opening montage, they embrace him. It says here, Biden has made clear this is intentional. Rather than, up, than uplifting U.S. citizens as he did the people of Ukraine, he regularly demonizes half of us as racist, and it goes and gives an example of that just, just last week, where he came out and denounced white people 
because of something that happened in history. It says here, it's almost as if Biden has forgotten about a certain oath he took two years ago to preserve America's democracy, sovereignty, and territorial integrity. Voters, however, have not. And that's an interesting angle to this story as well. I mean, you've got Ohio. Uh, Ohio's obviously been voting red the past couple of election cycles, but it's right next to Pennsylvania. And we know they've got the cheat machines working in Philadelphia, for sure. So it's still going to be hard to, to win in Pennsylvania. Just, I mean, I'm just talking about it politically here for a second. And, and as far as elections go, look at how they, they got Fetterman across the finish line. And now he's confined to a hospital. Yeah, Obama. Obama was behind that. The spirit of Antiochus. Just do whatever you can to get your guy across the line, even if you have to tuck him in the basement and, and, and lie and cheat your way through. They've done it time and time again. Meanwhile, they're taking advantage of middle America that, while complaining, they're not necessarily taking to the streets like they did in the, the cities of America during the summer of love. Remember that? Antifa and BLM? Taking to the streets and, and committing acts of violence all for their left-wing cause. And the media, they just applauded every, every single bit of that, that insurrection from the summer of 2020. Listen to Tucker, this exchange he had with John Rourke last night on his show, Clip One. People don't have any idea what the is going on in their town right yeah. now in East Palestine. They have no idea. And that's because of people like Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden. They literally have no idea what they're doing. And that's why they're not there, because someone will, will call them out. And that's what they're afraid of. Yeah. Those guys are very lucky that rural America is peaceful and law-abiding. They really are. Um, unlike a lot of cities that wouldn't put up with this for one second. Of course. <laughs> you think... Uh... You think some of the, the poorer districts in the bigger cities of America, you think they'd put up with this? Toxic fumes just uh, floating around the neighborhood and no one from the government showing up to say, hey, we're here to help you. We're here to help you. As, as a, a number of people on Twitter have pointed out, you, you mean you're going to put up three, $400 per illegal immigrant to put them in a posh four-star hotel and you can't even come in and help the residents of Palestine? and say, hey, let's get you 20, 30 miles away. We'll put you up in a, in a hotel. It'll be a cheap hotel, but just so that you can get away, we want to make sure that we can test the air, test the water. None of that. None of that. They said within hours, water's fine. Air is fine. Trump comes in with 14,000 bottles of water, and, and they're lining up to get the bottled water. It's pretty amazing. Listen to this. Uh, I forget his last name. He's a reporter at CNN. He's upset. He's upset that you would dare criticize Joe Obama, the Obama people, and, and, and praise Donald Trump for his staged visit. See, see, Trump is the one who's staging things now. This is clip uh, 11. The, the criticizing Biden for being overseas in Ukraine on the, in, even the one-year anniversary and not being in Ohio is a total false equivalence. It's complete BS. Um, and, 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 you know, you can do both and you should do both. And Biden should go to that community. Um, but the preeminent responsibility is leading an international coalition to stop uh, Russian aggression and, and to, to, to try to undercut that under the auspices of America First and, and, and photo ops at McDonald's passing out branded water isn't isn't a sufficient response. They want to draw the contrast, but it's a false 
contrast. It's a false choice. The preeminent responsibility for, for Joe Biden, says this guy, is to lead this coalition against Russia. That's, that preeminent means surpassing all others, very distinguished in some way. I mean, they are all in on Ukraine, and that doesn't mean, as I said yesterday, the, the conflict between Ukraine and Russia is insignificant, far from that. But you see where the priorities are. As I say, the contrast, the contrast, the contrast says it all. Of course, he's the president of the United States. He has the resources to do both. But as I say, the Ukraine war has been going on for a year. This disaster, this environmental disaster, this is a, a three-week event that's been going on just from a few weeks ago. And no comments? No com Pete Buttigieg finally shows up this morning. And Trump correctly said yesterday, they're going to start moving now because I did. I led the way. He's the real president. That's what Rourke was saying on Tucker last night. So you've got the real president doing presidential things, and then you've got the fake one traveling abroad, spending your taxpayer dollars. No problem. No problem. We've got to do it. I mean, it all started with the Russia. You've got to run with the Russia hoax, after all. Vladimir Putin, is, he's, he's, uh, he's the only enemy on earth, and we've got to confront him at every stop. He's a dictator. He's a tyrant for sure. But look at, look at Russia now drawing closer to China. And Russia, never mind what Mark Milley says, Russia, they're, they're, not, they're not going away. Even with the U.S. pouring in tens of billions of dollars. And now China's lining up to show its support for the Russian bear. I mean, that's significant. Prophetically, I've told you this week about this booklet, Russia and China in Prophecy. It's an important book with respect to Bible prophecy and how things play out in these last days, right before the return of Jesus Christ to this earth. The 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. Listen to Joy Reid as she makes fun of Trump's visit to East Palestine uh, yesterday, clip four. Today, Trump visited the scene of the disaster that he helped create, visiting the deregulated world called Ohio where residents of East Palestine are afraid to wash their clothes, drink the water, or shower after the toxic train derailment there. Ah, but of course, the scene that Trump created, he created the disaster, and now he's returning to the scene of the crime. This is the best, this is the best they can put forward, Joy, Joy Reid and all of her producers. That, that's, the, that's the kind of content that they come up with. Yeah, okay, I'll acknowledge Trump paid a visit there, but just so that you know, he's the reason for the train derailment. Oh, yes. Listen to Donald Trump. This was a speech he gave yesterday afternoon in uh, East Palestine, clip nine. Unfortunately, as you know, in too many cases, your goodness and perseverance were met with indifference and betrayal in some cases. Uh, Biden and FEMA said they would not send federal aid to... East Palestine under any circumstance. They're not going to send aid. I thought that was a strange statement. No, and they were doing nothing for you. They were intending to do absolutely nothing for you. J.D. and I spoke, and they said, they're not coming. They're not going to come. And I said, that's very strange. And FEMA said, uh, specifically, this doesn't meet the criteria. And uh, that's horrible. And somebody has to do something for those people, I said back. When I announced that I was coming, they changed their tune. It was an amazing phenomena. 
the mayor and I were discussing that. It was quite amazing what happened. And they said uh, that we can't let this happen. That was a big change of pace. We got them to move, and they all came in, and they're now pouring you in with help. And I, But it means that the affected communities beyond the borders of East Palestine are uh, going to be taken care of. And they've said so, and they've said it loud and clear, and I think they probably mean it. I sincerely hope that when your representatives and all of the politicians get here, including Biden, they get back from touring Ukraine, that he's got some money left over. But we're going to find time uh, to come back if necessary. If they don't come back and give you the treatment that you need, we will be back. What a contrast, as I say. Biden, hopefully when Biden gets back from Ukraine, he has some money left for you people, the, the American people. Tens of billions of dollars abroad, nothing for these ordinary citizens of the United States, of eastern Ohio. Nothing for them, at least not yet, although there are signs of movement now, only because Donald Trump has taken the initiative, and he's taken money out of his own pocket to, to do so pretty significant contrast, I'd say. It really does say it all. When we come back, we'll, we'll bring you up to speed on the, uh, the rise of these sudden deaths happening all across Western nations. There are a few commentators sounding the alarm on this. Not nearly enough, but there are a few, and we've got the sound bites to prove it. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. is KPCG-FM, and this is the Trumpet Daily. The developed nations have made awesome progress. They have produced a highly mechanized world, providing every luxury, modern convenience, and means of pleasure. Yet they are cursed with crime violence, injustice, sickness and disease, broken homes and families. At the same time, more than one half the world is living in illiteracy, abject poverty, filth and squalor. Violence and destruction are rapidly multiplying. Many ask, why, if God exists, does he allow so much violence and human suffering? To understand the reason behind this astonishing paradox, Request a complimentary copy of Mystery of the Ages. We were born into this 20th century world as it is. We take it for granted, but we can't explain it. It's like viewing a movie at a point already near the end. We see what is occurring at that point, but not having seen it from the beginning and not knowing how events developed to the point of viewing, we simply cannot understand what we are seeing. Mystery of the Ages transports you back to the beginning of the movie, to the foundation of this present evil world. To learn more, please visit thetrumpet.com. The Trumpet Daily. All over the Western world, we are seeing very large, measurable increases in unexplained deaths. The BBC in Great Britain, for example, just reported that, quote, excess deaths in 2022 are among the worst in 50 years. So why is this happening? Why is this happening? Tucker asked on his show 
last night. I think he went on to interview, I believe his first name is Matthew, Matthew Dowd. He's, uh, he's one that's made the rounds with uh, some of the ones, Peter McCullough, that uh, have been sounding the alarm and that were blotted out at the, the peak level of the pandemic and, of course, the rollout for the vaccines. Tucker had a sit down with him. These sudden deaths that are happening with such great frequency. 24-year-old uh, air hostess died suddenly as her plane lands at Stansted in, uh, in the UK. This is from the Daily Mail. It says, crew member 24 died suddenly after fainting as her plane landed at, at Stansted. A cabin crew member aged just 24 died unexpectedly from sudden adult death syndrome after the plane landed at Stansted. Sudden adult death syndrome, also known as sudden uh, arrhythmic death syndrome, is when someone dies suddenly and unexpectedly from a cardiac arrest. Now we're, we're becoming very familiar with this, this syndrome, S-A-D-S. Listen to Mark Stein, the, uh, the commentator. I think he's from Australia. I forget where his show is at the moment. I know he was let go from GB News over in the UK. In any event, here's Stein from this week as well, clip six. We have unexplained excess mortality as a permanent feature of life in almost every Western nation. For uh, the last 12 months, more or less, England and Wales have had a thousand extra corpses piling up every week month after month, spring, summer, autumn, winter. It's not COVID, it's something else. But exactly what? Well, the government refuses to investigate. Elsewhere in His Majesty's Dominions, in the Canadian province of Alberta, cause unknown is now the leading cause of death. Across Europe, there are seriously collapsed fertility rates. Birth rates in Switzerland, down 9%. Finland, 11%. Germany and Greece, down 12%. The, the government's refusing to investigate. See, it's just like, it's just like the storyline coming out of East Palestine. Look, if it's not if it's not fulfilling our will or promoting our agenda, just ignore it. Just ignore it. Don't even investigate. A thousand additional corpses every week in the UK and Wales, in in England and Wales. The, the decline of fertility rates, the leading cause in Alberta, uh, cause unknown, the leading cause of death, unknown causes. This is from uh, Dr. William Makis at Substack. 132 Canadian doctors have died suddenly or unexpectedly since the COVID-19 vaccine rollout. 132 doctors across Canada, the ones that presumably are there to promote the vaccine, they themselves have died suddenly. It says here in 2021, Canadian doctors were mandated to be fully COVID-19 vaccinated in order to keep their jobs. Very few escaped these mandates. No exemptions given. Since the rollout of COVID-19 vaccines in December 2020, a total of 132 actively practicing Canadian doctors under age 70 have died suddenly or unexpectedly. But you can be sure... You can be sure that the government will refuse to investigate. Far from it. They're going to be out there promoting the jab all the more. This is from the Post and email. It says here, youngest Canadian doctor dies suddenly at age 25 
uh, was forced to take three COVID-19 vaccines by his medical school. This is from the other day. Dr. Anthony uh, Chifor, great, uh, great up in Windsor, Ontario. His fam grew up in Windsor, Ontario. His family, like mine, was from Slovakia. It says he graduated the University of Windsor, where he was celebrated as an outstanding scholar and lead gold medallion scholar, earning his BS in biology uh, and biochemistry with great distinction. It says here he was studying medicine at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan, when he was forced to take three COVID-19 vaccines to continue his medical training. He was uh, in the process of completing his third year of medical school when he died suddenly at the age of 25. Happens all the time, right? It just happens all the time. Get used to it. Cause of death unknown. Sudden, sudden death. Died suddenly. One last item here from uh, the center square. It says a slew of citywide vaccine mandates announced in 2021 across the U.S. made virtually no difference in stopping the spread of COVID-19, newly released research found. So these vaccines, on the one hand, they're worthless. They don't even stop the virus. And on the other hand, they're deadly. They're deadly because they cause heart attacks, because they, they cause, they cause uh, blood clots all kinds of other vaccine-related injuries. It says these mandates impose severe restrictions on the lives of many citizens and business owners, the study uh, concluded, yet we find no evidence that the mandates were effective in their intended goals of reducing, reducing COVID-19 cases and deaths. In other words, the cure, the cure is much, much worse than the disease. You read that in the Trumpet magazine two summers ago. Two, three, almost three years ago, the cure, we wrote, is killing us. When we come back, we'll conclude today's program with our Bible study segment. You're listening to Stephen Flurry. This is the Trumpet Daily, and we will be right back. The Trumpet Daily. The Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course is a distance learning program that makes the Bible clear and understandable. The Correspondence Course enables enrollees to learn what the Bible itself says about subjects that affect you and the world you live in. This fascinating Bible course highlights and proves what the Bible says about morality, war, religion, terrorism, and other current events, focusing on the root causes of this world's many problems facing man, as well as their solutions. The Bible and this course also focuses on the reason mankind was created in the first place, the way to happiness, accomplishment, and fulfillment, as well as the truth behind important doctrinal questions, such as what happens after we die, the nature of God, the resurrection, the millennium, and other critical subjects. Enroll today in the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course. Email your request to td at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com. The Trumpet Daily. Uh, Royal Vision, the Faith and Healing version. This is the March-April 2023. There's this great article in there about how to wield your will. This is by Joel Hilliker, um, who writes for many of our publications, also hosts some of the radio programs you've heard over the years. 
But he says here, with respect to wielding that will, he says, we must decide and will ourselves to live and do the right, even against temptation and self-desire, to the contrary. How are you doing at voluntarily surrendering to God, being conquered by God, and determining to do the right, even when something in you wants to do something different? How much are we wielding our will or submitting our will to the will of the Father, to the will of God? It says, enabling God to build his character in you comes down to your decisions and day-to-day choices. It involves your will and your will power. It really does come down to daily decisions, doesn't it? Our growth, our de- the development of godly character in us, what we do, what we do with our time, how we serve. Like I said, you can, you can poke fun at anyone who goes in to assist and to help and to support. But the actions, the actions, they speak so much louder than words. I think it was that, uh, <laughs> we'll play that Pete Buttigieg uh, clip if you can find it. It's, it's the one that we didn't uh, play uh, in the first segment. But it's been two weeks since this dis- derailment. When is the time right? So I'm planning to go, and when I do, it will be focused on action, not on politics, not on show. Uh, In the early days, I have been respecting the role that the independent NTSB plays and staying out of their way. But we are now entering the policy phase of our response to this. little shot there again at Donald Trump. When I go, it's not going to be about politics. It's not going to be about uh, staging a a presence for the the cameras. I'm going to be... I'm going to be about action, says the man who took three weeks. I mean, we're talking about an environmental disaster that, that's killing animals already. And, and how soon before it kills people? These people that in, in many ways are stranded. They're stranded in their own community with a government that's slow walking their response in every respect. He says that he's a man of action, is he? What do his fruits demonstrate? Coming back to, again, decisions, daily decisions. This is from a book called Slouching Toward Gomorrah. Robert Bork, the late Robert Bork, he wrote this many, many years ago. He nearly made it to the Supreme Court before he got borked, as they now say. The radical left, they, I mean, they destroyed, they wanted to destroy that man. Well, he's conservative. So just smear him, slander him any way that you can to keep him off the bench. And they did. He wrote in Slouching Toward Gomorrah, hard, he's talking about the development of America and how that so many of the early pioneers were, I mean, they had to get out and work the land. This is before the, you know, the Industrial Revolution and the emergence, of course, of all the technology that, that just makes life so much easier today. He says, hard physical work is inconsistent with hedonism. The new work is not. With the the time and energy of so many individuals freed from the harder demands of work, the culture turned to consumerism and entertainment. Technology and its entrepreneurs supplied the demand with motion pictures, radio, television, and video cassettes, all increasingly featuring sex and violence. Sensations must be steadily intensified if boredom is to be kept at bay. Bork says, a culture obsessed with technology will come to value personal convenience above 
almost all else and ours does. I forget the year that he wrote this, but that book has to be 20 or 30 years old by this point. And he's talking there about this society where personal convenience matters above just about anything, anything else. We've just had it so good for so long. We've been so rich, so prosperous. And now we've got all these gadgets. We, we really and truly do live in a push-button society. And, and there's just not as much hard work. So many of us, even with respect to God's work in church, you know, have office jobs where you have to work <laughs> on your own to try to do hard things physically. It says in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. All of this knowledge, all of this information, we're living in an information age. There's been a knowledge explosion, and a lot of it's not good. I mean, it certainly is nice to use the technology to distribute God's truth and God's message, but look at what we're competing with. And look at what people are just consuming out for hours on end. Paul describes our day in the first few verses. He says in verse 1, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Down in verse 4, it says traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. I mean, that's a perfect description of our world today, of our nation today. Lovers of pleasures more than we love God. And back before that verse, verse 3 says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. That means to be without self-control. That's exactly what Robert Bork was describing in his book, slouching toward Gomorrah. That's the direction we're headed in. Jesus said that in the last days it would be like this, the days of Sodom and Gomorrah or the days right before the flood of Noah's time. Read Genesis 6 and see what people's minds were on before the flood. Just on evil continually. Verse 5, it says, Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such Turn away. A form of godliness. Oh, it might sound pious. It might sound like it's true religion. Play the clip of that, that preacher, this woke preacher. I think it's number seven. Talking. Here's his God description of God. is gay. God is a lesbian. God is trans. God is gender non-binary. God is straight. God is cisgender. God is black. God is white. God is Middle Eastern. God is Asian. God is differently abled mentally and physically. God is able-bodied. That's what passes for religion today. It, it makes me think of God Speaks Out on the New Morality, the book Herbert Armstrong wrote back in the 1960s, when he talked about the pendulum swing from the old morality over to the other extreme of anything goes. And he said that when that happened, when that happened in the middle part of the 20th century, the clergy, these individuals, they should, have been, they, they should have been the ones standing firm for a morally upright and disciplined position. The, the Bible, after all, says that we're to come out of the world and into God's family or church. But, but preachers like the one you just saw there, 
They're inviting the world into the church. They say to the world and, and read how God describes this present world. Galatians 1, 4, 1 John 2 and verse 15. Read it. God says, come out of it. And yet you've got preachers today, like the one you just saw, that are inviting the world in. God is gay. Is he serious? Has he read the Bible? Evidently not. Or if he has, he's rejected large portions of it. And that's the way religion goes today. This is a perfect description of our world. 2 Timothy 3, these first few verses. Verse 13, a little further down, it says, Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It says, but continue you, he's talking to Timothy now, you continue you in the things which you have learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them. Continue in these ways. Verse 15 talks about Timothy, how that from when he was a little child, he knew the Holy Scriptures. He knew the Scriptures that were able to make him wise unto salvation. How did he know the Bible? Well, obviously he was studying the Bible, even as a youth. And I'm sure his mother and his grandmother had a lot to do with that. But still, I mean, it is possible as a young person, as a teenager, to actually dig into what the Bible says. Read what it says about homosexuality in Romans 1. I mean, I could pick a lot of other passages as well. Jude, 2 Peter. God, I mean, the, the great thing about God is that you know where he stands. You can look into the good book, and it's inspired Read what verse 16 says. All Scripture is inspired by God. It's given by inspiration, it says in the King James. In Moffat, it says more plainly, it's inspired by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for amendment, and for moral discipline. Yes, the Scripture is profitable for moral discipline. You think about where we receive our strength every day. It comes from God through our prayers and by our Bible study and by the, the receipt of God's power, His Holy Spirit. This is how we lead a morally disciplined lifestyle. This is how we become masters at self-control. You look at so many people in the world today, particularly among the young people, but the adults are right there with them in step as well. Just out of control, Reckless living, reckless behavior, self-control. In fact, self-control is a fruit of God's Holy Spirit. Let's look at another description of our society today. This also written by the Apostle Paul. We're talking about Galatians 5, verse 19. Beginning in 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. They are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. I mean, we found out this woman, the forewoman leading the jury, saying that Donald Trump ought to be indicted because I had to waste a lot of my time with this investigation. I don't have a job, but still, still she's unemployed, and now we know from her social media postings that, that she's a witch. She's in the Wicca movement. And she says Donald Trump belongs in prison. Not, not the witch. The witch she, the giggly witch at that, she's heading up the operation to get Trump. She's the latest poster child for get Trump. The witch, 
What a world. You read through this and you think, well, at least, at least we're beyond witchcraft, are we? The, the demons are just, they are having a big party on this earth, confined to this earth. And you li- go back and we kind of poked fun at it because it's impossible not to, to make fun of. But go back and watch yesterday's shows and just, just look at those clips of this woman. And you can see how she's opened up her mind to the influence coming from the devil. It's so, they're so easy prey for the devil. They dabble in witchcraft. They're into the Wicca movement. And oh yeah, they're out to get Trump. Lots of demonic activity in this world today. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and the such like. And pretty much everything like this, Paul said, it's all over the place. I mean, these are the works of the flesh, and they're made manifest. You see it everywhere. And, of course, it's so easy to spread this kind of lifestyle because of the technology. Verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance, it says there at the last. Webster's defines temperance as moderation in action, thought, or feeling. The Moffat translation just says simply self-control. So self-control, that's one of the fruits or the results of an individual being led by the Spirit of God. It's, it's proof of God's Spirit dwelling in your mind and leading you and guiding you. It's a, it's a, among other things, it's a spirit of self-control. Now, there's also a spirit of self-propulsion there where you're, you're pushing yourself, and that's brought out in the, the Wield article in the Royal Vision, but you're pushing yourself to do what you know you need to do, even if you don't want to. That's all part of character development. Temperance. Verse 24 says, And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. See, they've, they've put to death that old man. They've crucified the flesh and all of the lusts of the flesh. And verse 25 says, If we live in the Spirit, then let us also walk in the Spirit. That's all we have time for on today's program. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. If you'd like to email the show, you can reach us at td@thetrumpet.com. Thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you tomorrow.